listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi everyone, it's your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Wednesday, the 11th of August, 2021. Later, consumer confidence, it falls to its lowest level in more than a year. But first, to my extended interview with the CEO of the Commonwealth Bank, Matt Common, where we talk profits, the economy and the vaccination rollout. It comes as Australia's biggest bank posts a full-year cash profit of $8.65 billion, an increase of 20%. It will pay a final dividend, a full-year dividend, rather, of $3.50 per share. That's an increase of 17% and will return an extra $6 billion to shareholders via an off-market share buyback. Here is my interview with Matt Common, the CEO of the Commonwealth Bank. Matt, shares are at a record high. S&P today says your earnings remain robust by international comparison. So what do your numbers say about the bank's role in the Australian economic recovery? Well, the, during the course of the year, it was a huge focus for us was supporting our customers throughout the pandemic, and that support continues today. That's our primary focus. For the year ending 30 June, as the Australia's economic recovery was strong, and on the back of that, the Commonwealth Bank's performance was strong. We didn't see the loan losses that we'd anticipated 12, 15 months ago. That's enabled an increase in profit and for us to be able to declare a fully frank dividend of $2, uh, which is distributing about 3 and a half billion dollars, the vast majority of that to Australian households. As you mentioned, I guess some of the upside came as a result of things not being as bad as what they could have been, but operating performance grew only marginally and you've also got to contend with low interest rates. So where will growth come from? Yes, very strong volume growth during the course of the year, growing well above system in in all of our business lines from retail, banking, business, institutional and uh, in New Zealand. As you said, one of the really challenging aspects of banks domestically and around the world is low interest rates are very tough on, uh, on net interest margins, put a lot of pressure there. So, I mean, the overall uh, increase in, in income over the course of the year against that backdrop we think is a real positive. We're very supportive about the Australian uh, economic uh, prospects over the medium term. We believe there's plenty of opportunities for growth. As we d- discussed today, we increased our investment by 26% to some $1.8 billion over the course of the year. So we continue to see opportunities to both uh, first and foremost support our customers in Australia's economic recovery and transition and then to be able to better serve and help as many Australians with a brighter financial future. In your outlook, you say that you're prepared for a range of different economic scenarios. So what's your base case scenario? Well, our base case is probably very similar to the reserve uh, banks. We, we we're seeing that the next 12 months we're going to be you know, continuing on that pace of economic recovery. We've probably pushed some of those forecasts out about six months. So we see we're going to have a softer or negative quarter in, in the September quarter. We still think there'll be some positive growth in that December quarter. Of course, that's dependent on when uh, the restrictions ease. Come into calendar year 2022, we're seeing you know, more than 3% GDP growth. We think the labour market will be, will be strong again. We think we'll get down to about 4.5% unemployment which is which is very good so as as difficult as it is at the moment it is very challenging for many of our customers we do think there's a light at the end of the tunnel and there's better times ahead uh, for all australians next year anecdotally we hear of many businesses struggling because of the lockdowns the rba governor said recently though that small businesses are resilient based on what you're seeing on your books and given the recent lockdowns are they resilient and what does that say about the economy 
Look, they are very resilient. We, we saw that during, uh, during last year, with just the, the resilience and how easy they were able to adapt their businesses. I mean, that said, uh, at the moment, it's obviously you know, very challenging, stressful, frustrating. Uh, many businesses had just started really recovering from some of the lockdown restrictions, uh, you know, particularly last year and had a few very good months. Uh, you know, other parts of the economy, some of the geographical locations, I mean, Sydney CBD, Melbourne CBD hadn't recovered. You know, some of those smaller businesses, you know, cafes, restaurants, bars, still very challenging. So, I mean, they've got viable businesses. We're certainly there uh, to support them. We do think there's going to be uh, much better economic conditions next year, but there's, uh, there's no doubting that it's a very challenging time for many Australian businesses at the moment. Are you seeing any stress in your mortgage book which may sway growth in the housing market? We're not seeing much stress at all per se. I mean, the housing market's been very uh, robust and the recovery, again, uh, I think has exceeded uh, expectations. But what we are seeing is a bit of a slowdown in activity and you'd expect that with all of the restrictions and lockdowns, there's activity in terms of inspections and properties that are coming onto the market. So we do expect there'll be a a moderation in some of the the growth uh, in the housing market and the interest in the housing market. Overall, since, uh, you know, house prices on a national basis are up about about 16% over the last 12 months. We think it's a positive for things just to sort of slow down a little bit. Uh, And and so I think obviously that leads to better outcomes uh, over the long term. But overall, because we're so positive about unemployment coming down uh, and the broader economic recovery that will be underway uh, in calendar 2022, we remain positive about Australian housing into the medium and long term. Matt Common there, the CEO of the Commonwealth Bank. I also asked him about the company's vaccination policy, especially for frontline staff and whether it will be made mandatory. Well, there's a couple of things we've been really focused on. We've rolled out rapid antigen testing to all our branches in the uh, LGAs that are affected in the, the, the latest restrictions. We started our corporate vaccination program initially in pilot from Monday this week. We've just in the last 24 hours rolled that out to 5,000 of our team members and also made it free and available to, to their family members. We did a survey last week, entirely voluntary survey, uh, to all of our, uh, all of our teams. We had uh, more than 11,000 people respond, so about a quarter of our workforce responded in 24 hours. And what they told us as part of that survey was that there's only 4% of people who are currently uh, not intending to get vaccinated, 89% that are saying they are and 7% that are unsure. So, I mean, we're very focused on making sure that 96% can get that vaccine uh, as quickly as possible. And, of course, we're working closely with the federal government and we'll continue to work with closely with them and state governments and do whatever we can to help accelerate the rollout of the vaccine. Given you've got such a large footprint within the community, your branches serve a diverse population and you've got a multicultural community banking section within the organisation, what do you see as your bank's role in spreading the vaccination message to culturally and linguistically diverse people? I think we can play a really important role there and the support packages that we've had in place during COVID, they're in multiple languages. As you said, <clears throat> excuse me, we're fortunate we're, we serve a very diverse cross-section of Australia. Similarly, uh, we have a very diverse cross-section of our, 
of our teams. As I said, I think by being able to make it uh, free and available to our team members and for their family members, it makes sure that the you know, information that that's available on these very high quality and safe vaccines is able to get out there and all of our team members and their families are able to make an informed decision and choice about uh, whether they get vaccinated. So I'm hoping we can play an important role in, in being able to um, get in touch with perhaps some of those uh, areas of the community which would be harder to reach through more you know, conventional or broad-scale programs. Matt Common there, the CEO of the Commonwealth Bank. Now to consumer confidence, which has been hit because of various lockdowns across the country. The Westpac Melbourne Institute Consumer Sentiment Index fell to a one-year low in August, but it's still at a reading above 100, which means optimists outnumber pessimists. For more, I spoke earlier with Westpac Senior Economist Matthew Hassan. Matt, we saw NAB's business survey yesterday show confidence for businesses fall into negative territory. Yours, though, shows that consumer sentiment, while lower, isn't as bad. Why do you think that is? Look, I think there's a few things that are supporting uh, the consumer mood. Definitely uh, compared to last year uh, when uh, the national lockdown and the Victoria's second wave lockdown uh, hit confidence very hard. We're not seeing anything like that uh, capitulation. There are obviously seen some declines over the last few months, but I think the main uh, cornerstone for sentiment holding things up at the moment uh, is the availability of vaccines. Uh, we're seeing a broad vaccination rollouts have allowed uh, other countries, the US, the UK and Europe, uh, move back towards uh, bringing uh, virus outbreaks under control and uh, more normal operations and I think Australians understand that uh, while we're going through these difficult times now uh, the rollout of vaccinations locally uh, gives us that medium term uh, comfort that once we get that we will get this outbreak under control uh, and we will see some a resumption of more normal activity over the course of the next year. Of course that's a, still some way off in terms of where we are with vaccination rates today uh, and understandably consumers are a little bit more nervous about that but that looks to be the cornerstone for holding confidence better than last year. Consumer confidence though was still at its lowest point in about a year. What's unsettling consumers? Oh, without a doubt, it's, it's, it's virus-related. Um, we, we saw some substantive declines across the three major states this month. Uh, the return to uh, lockdown in Victoria hit sentiment there about 10%. You know, they had been coming off a reopening last month. Uh, Queensland also down 4%, and New South Wales down a further 4%. Outside of those states, we actually saw sentiment rise. Uh, so it does look to stem almost entirely from uh, the virus situation locally uh, in the states that are most exposed to the latest developments. How are they feeling about the housing market? Well, for housing, it looks to be less about COVID and much more about the boom in prices. Uh, we're seeing a very clear shift happening around buyer sentiment. Uh, assessments of time to buy a dwelling have continued to slide. Uh, they're down very sharply from about a third down on their November peak. And that's telling us very clearly that owner-occupiers who are very sensitive to affordability uh, shifts are starting to feel the pinch uh, from the price boom. Uh, around price expectations, they're still very elevated, uh, around uh, near their uh, previous highs, uh, and very bullish overall. About 70% of consumers expect prices to continue rising over the next 12 months. 20% expect double-digit price gains. So it's, it's telling us that there's going to be a very clear shift in the market. It already seems to be underway. Owner-occupier uh, demand cooling off maybe quite abruptly, uh, but investor demand uh, still holding in and, and lifting on those price expectations. So very clear patterns emerging. What's also apparent is uh, it's across uh, every part of the country, uh, major capital cities and regional areas. 
So this is just one piece of the economic puzzle. Adding that to everything else, how do you think the Reserve Bank feels? Look, I think from the Reserve Bank's point of view, they'll take some comfort from uh, today's update. Yes, sentiment has taken another knock, uh, and it's on the back foot at the moment, uh, but that level of confidence is not uh, not outright negative. Uh, it seems to be quite well anchored by expectations that we get through this crisis in reasonably good shape and uh, head back towards strong growth. So they'll take some comfort from uh, today's update that uh, the near-term difficulties aren't spilling over into a more sustained period of weakness that will affect the uh, forecast for 2022. Matthew Hassan there from Westpac to the Australian share market now, which hit another record close, the 200 up 0.3%, 7,584. That's on the back of a good performance from the banking sector. The miners did well despite a fall in the iron ore price. For more, I spoke earlier with... 1851 Capitals, Chris Stott. Chris, the Australian share market keeps hitting record highs despite rising COVID levels. Why is that happening? We know we've got successful vaccines that are being rolled out and we can look to the UK, the US in terms of what life looks like for us in, say, four to six months' time. So really the the economy was absolutely flying pre these recent lockdowns on the East Coast and we suspect that it will will boom significantly once we come out uh, in hopefully October, November of this year. We heard from the Commonwealth Bank today, profit reporting season's ramping up, $10 billion being returned to shareholders uh, via both share buybacks and dividends. To what extent do you think these high dividend payouts and buybacks will be a theme continuing on this season? We don't think it will be such a theme um, going forward. We think that companies will be a little bit more cautious than perhaps what they would have been two or three months ago with these recent lockdowns. We saw Nick Scarley come out with their result last week. They brought their dividend back, albeit very, very slightly, just to tighten the uncertainty around these lockdowns and what the future does hold. So potentially companies that were in a position um, to announce big share buybacks or dividends um, you know, may, may pair that back over the next few weeks. The US passed a huge $550 billion US dollar infrastructure bill. What do you think this says about growth, both for the US globally and any potential upside for Aussie companies? It's a very significant announcement for the US economy over the medium to longer term with that being passed last night. So very big positive for steel, construction companies, aluminium companies. Uh, So certainly companies listed here in Australia, particularly in the top 100 on the ASX, are set to benefit from this huge stimulus bill that will likely be passed, we think, over the next in full over the next few months. So while that's a positive, what we've seen that's negative today is that iron ore price continuing to fall Why is that happening and what are the implications both for shares and for the government, do you think? We've seen the price of iron ore come off its highs over the last four to six weeks. That's been really driven by the lack of demand out of China for steel. So we we think that the iron ore price can continue to fall a lot lower from here. Let's take a step back and look at where it's trading. It's hit all-time record highs in in recent uh, recent months. In terms of what it means for the government here and domestically and from a fiscal standpoint, in our budget, um, which we had back in May of this year, we assumed an iron ore price of $55 a tonne um, to March of next year. So certainly that has taken some of the cream off the top uh, from what could have been a huge big benefit uh, from our fiscal position here in Australia. And finally, you focus on small caps. In that space, what do you like right now and why? Seven West Media is a standout for us. It reports its result on Monday. Uh, we saw record ratings from the recent Olympics. We've seen that flow on uh, this week in terms of their, some of their hit shows like The Voice. So we think they'll report a strong set of numbers when they come out 
on Monday. And we think that uh, the balance sheet's certainly in great shape in order to capitalise on any potential further consolidation in the industry. Chris Dot there from 1851 Capital. Don't forget you can listen to this as a podcast on the SBS Radio app, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision. Listener.